Here's what I need you to do. I need you to give me your attention for the next about 15 to 20 minutes because I've got three things. Everybody say three things. Three things. No, nice and tight, real quick. Everybody say three things. Three things. That was almost good. Let's try it one more time. Everybody say three things. We're going to do three things that are going to help us learn how to make a difference. And you want to know why I've come back year after year to this event. The first time I got invited was a good time because I thought it would be great just to get to know some of you. But then I realized what your teachers, what the school was doing, that you were learning to break down walls and that you were becoming the kind of community that makes a difference in people's lives. Now, I normally start off with something really funny, but we have something going on in the news that I need us to just put a, put a pin in. How many of you saw in the news yesterday the horrible shooting in Oregon? Saw that on the news? Let me tell you where that started. Here's what they think's going on. There's a whole culture of people, they call themselves betas. And betas are people who think that they're not alphas, that no one likes them, that they don't measure up, and that they're not where they want to be, and they're starting to lash out. You wanna know what would have helped this situation? Do you know what might have saved lives yesterday? It's something just like this. Something where we take some time, we break down the walls, and we say, guess what? It's okay, I, I do have it on, I don't know. Is it yeah, it's on. Uh, where, you, where you break down walls and you say that people do matter, that, it, that there isn't one class that's better than a another, that there isn't one color that's better than another, that there really is some value just because you're a human being. Look at somebody right next to you and say, you have value. Go ahead and tell them. Look at somebody you didn't look at that time. Look at somebody different and say, especially you. Go ahead and tell them. That's right. Now. For us to get to this place, shh, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to stop thinking like a dumb animal. You're a human being. You are smart. You have abilities. You have skills. And so I need you to start thinking. Everybody say thinking. Thinking, thinking a little bit different. Now I'm going to wander through you a little bit here because I want to get up close and personal. But I have a dog in my house and his name is Apper. We named him Apper because our last name is Addis and that makes him an Apper Addis. Isn't that funny? I, I like that. Now, Apper is a mutt. This mutt is uh, what a dog you would say is probably not very smart. Every now and then you see a little bit of genius come out of him, but it's only when he really wants something. The other day, or actually last spring, when we were camping as a family, what we did is we took Apper with us. And we were out at Cheney Lake in March. And I don't know if you've ever been out to Cheney Lake in March, but we were the only family out there, 400-some camping sites. We were the only one out there. It was a perfect time to try and train our dog. He doesn't like to be on a leash. You put the thing on a leash, and he chokes himself the entire time he's out there. That's not very bright, right? You put him on it, he's like... <coughs> The whole time. And then he looks back at you like, what's taking you so long? You're like, if you'll just slow down, this will be more enjoyable. And you just keep doing that again and again. So we thought we'd take some time out there. We'd put him on a leash. We'd let him off the leash. We'd try and call him back and forth to us. And, and we got out there and we'd let him off the leash. And he'd run out a little bit. And, and you could tell he wasn't trying to be disobedient. He's just not that bright. And so you'd call his name and he'd come running back. What you need? What you need? Nothing. Just stay close. All right. Boom. And he's gone again. And he just played this yo-yo with this dog, right? Back and forth. Well, one day we were walking around the, the park and, and he took off, boom, and I went, Apper, and he didn't even hesitate. He didn't look back. He didn't stutter. He just kept shooting. I saw him go down in a ditch, and then all of a sudden I saw his rear end flip up, and I saw him just, and I go, oh, no, he's in a fight with something down there. So we ran up to where he was, and he was. He was in a fight with a dead armadillo. 
a dead, uh, he was fighting, uh, he's rolling around, he's like, rah, rah, rah. he's got this growl going on I've never heard him do, and, and finally I pull him out of this, and he's got that happy dog face with like a piece of armadillo fat stuck to his head right there, and I'm like, you're disgusting, he's like, yeah, 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 what's up, and we took him back to the trailer, and we thought, that is nasty, and we washed him up a little bit, another day later, we were out there for five days, another day later, we're walking near the same spot, and I said, do you want to see if he'll do that again? Hopefully that was a fluke, and my wife said, yeah, let him off. We let him off the leash. I mean, it had just gone click, and he was like, boom, and I said, ever, and he didn't listen again, and there he is, same armadillo rolling around in it, and, and he's fighting this stupid dead armadillo. This time, I'm not sympathetic. I'm mad. I grabbed him by the collar. What is wrong with you, you dumb dog? And I took him back to the trailer and I hooked him up and, and I sat down by the campfire and I went to the source of all wisdom, Google. I got on my phone and I started to type in a question. Have you ever started to type something in Google, think you're the only one to ever ask, only to find out that it comes up in the search history because lots of people have asked that question? Here's what I started to type. Why does my dog, number two on the list, roll around in dead stuff? <laughs> uh, apparently, I'm not the first to ask this question. I said, yes. And I pulled it up and here's what it said. Even domesticated dogs will from time to time revert back to their instincts. And if they find a dead animal, that that smell makes them think the other animals in their pack will think they're cool because they killed it or fought it. They will roll in it so the rest of the pack thinks that they just conquered that animal. Here's the problem. I am the rest of his pack. And I am not impressed. He does not need to kill an armadillo. He has a silver bowl next to where he sleeps where he gets free food. Does everybody understand what I'm saying here? But because, everybody say because. Because, because he's a dumb dog, he does dumb things. Now you look at me. Don't be a dumb dog. What do I mean by that? You say, I've never rolled around with a dead armadillo carcass. Well, I hope not. But do you know what junior high students do all the time? They roll around and stuff just to try and impress their friends. They get involved in this. And they think, now aren't I cool? Or they act this way and they say, doesn't that make me look good? Or they'll talk like this and say, now I'm a part of this group. I got news for you. On an awareness day like this, you can come to the place where you realize you don't have to act that way anymore. You are smarter. Say, I am smarter. I am smarter. You are better. Say, I am better. I am better. You are wiser. Say, I am wiser. You are wiser than all that, but you have to make a decision today. Everybody say today. today. To do one thing. you got to make a difference. Everybody say make a difference. Make a difference. You're almost with me. I want you to say a little bit louder on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Make a difference. That was almost good. Let's disturb the other classes. Ready? Big deep breath on the count of three. One, two, three. Make a difference. We're going to make a difference. Now let me just share with you. As we make a difference... I wanted it to be something that you would be able to remember, something that would remind you every day about this conversation we're about to have. So here is something you see every day. It's just a standard water bottle. Took a picture of this exact water bottle right here. I wanted you, before I started drinking out of it. Uh, and, and I want this to be a reminder to you of three simple practices. Now, how, who in here has held a water bottle in your hand in the last month, right? Look, isn't that crazy in our culture? Everybody's seen a water bottle. The reason I want you to remember this is because there are three things this water bottle can teach us. And here's the first one. Someone has to do it. If you're going to make a difference, someone. Everybody say someone. someone. If you're going to make a difference, someone. Everybody say someone. someone. Someone has to do it. Now let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. Uh, I'm going to need uh, a name of somebody right up front. Uh, Holly? Is that your name? Holly? Right here. Holly doesn't know this, but the reason she sat up front is they actually funneled her to sit right up front here. She was chosen for this spot. 
because she is actually the perfect physical specimen to go on our space program. And in the parking lot, we have a rocket ship. And we're about to take you out and put you on a rocket ship and make you the first female flight in space, solo flight, all the way to the planet of Pluto. And don't be giving me none of that joke about Pluto not being a planet, because when I grew up, Pluto was a planet, and it is a planet. I don't care what they're telling you. So, Holly, you're about to go to, the, go to, go to Pluto. Everybody, let's hear it for Holly. Holly's going to go to Pluto. Yes. Now here's what's amazing. We're, we're going to announce this to the media and when we go outside, it's going to be like the paparazzi are out there and she's in her suit and, and we're all going to go out to the parking lot where we can see her off in this field just to the distance where the ship is set up and, and, and we can see with binoculars and on the big screen that we set up, Holly is getting into this incredible rocket ship and she straps in it and now all of a sudden all around the world, people in Central Park are stopping in, in the middle of the big city, New York, people in downtown Bangladesh, they, they, they're doing amazing things. They're watching on the screen and all of a sudden here goes 10 9 8 and, and the world trembles 7 6 5 and everybody here at Reno Valley is like Woo, honey! 5 4 3 she's going this is one small step for man and it's really easy for women 2 1 and the ship takes off and the whole world goes and we just wait and through amazing technology, it only takes through lunch for her to make it all the way across the solar system. And by the time we get ready for lunch, we're all in here and the screens are showing it. And Holly is getting ready to land. The whole world has stopped. Everybody is just frozen as the rocket ship descends. The landing gear come out. The door opens. And Holly, in slow motion, outer space movement, comes out of the ship just like this. And everybody's waiting. She steps down onto the surface of Pluto. And we can see through her mask. And, and we hear Houston say, Holly, do we have a problem? And she goes, no, we do not. It's beautiful. There's ice spires. And, and there's weather we never even knew. And, and a great canyon. And she stops and goes, wait, Houston. Holly, what is it? I see something. Holly, what do you see? Just a minute. And we see her bend down. And in the middle of the, the field that she's landed on the surface of Pluto, she picks up a water bottle. <laughs> and the world says, Holly, we're having trouble seeing that through your viewfinder. It almost looks like a water bottle. What is it? She goes, it's a water bottle. <laughs> Holly, did you bring that with you? No. There's a water bottle on the surface of Pluto. How did it get there? And Holly, as the whole world listens, says, I know. Millions of years ago, two asteroids collided together with just enough material to form a plastic bottle. The heat caused a rippling effect, and inside, at the time of the explosion, it trapped some space liquid. It rolled down on the surface of Pluto and picked up some vegetation that made it look like a wrapper. It even says, made in Arkansas. <laughs> None of you are alive. You know why? Because you're going, Holly, that's not bright. Isn't that right? You would think there may be a million explanations, but there is no way that this just happened. It didn't just fall out of the sky. Isn't that right? Somebody had to. Somebody had to make it. Say that with me. Somebody had to. Make it. Let me, look at me. This is so important. 
when it comes to making a difference, when it comes to changing lives, when it comes to changing your school, those kind of things don't just happen. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to take it in their hands with an idea and form it. They have to give the energy and the thought to it. That somebody could be you. Look at somebody next to you and say, it could be you. Look at somebody else and say, I know it's you. Go ahead and tell them. Yes. Somebody. Everybody say somebody. somebody. Next time you see a water bottle, especially if they weren't in this session, snatch it right out of the hands and go, somebody's got to do something. That's what you're going to do right there. Just take it right. Go up to your teacher. She got a water bottle on her desk. Go, somebody got to do something. When they look at you like you're crazy, just walk away like, mm-hmm, I know what I'm talking about. Somebody got to do something. Say it with me. Somebody. Uh, not loud enough. One more time. Say it with me. When it comes to making a difference, if you're really going to change this school, if you're really going to change this culture, the first thing you have to under, understand is you're going to make a difference. Somebody's going to have to do something. Now, this water bottle has another feature. Let me give you a second thing that's going to need to take place. We need to set a standard. We need to set some standards. Now, if you look at a water bottle real close, there are all different kinds of water bottles, but I got this one specifically because this is called a standard universal water bottle. And on it, it will always tell you what's in it. It usually says water is in it, right? But it will tell you how much. Now, I'm going to quiz you. See how bored you've been and whether you've read water bottles or not. How many ounces are in a standard water bottle? Oh, he's close. 16.56. Somebody else? No? Yes? 16.9. You are the most bored of anybody in here. You have read the water bottle. 16.9 ounces. Now, does that seem crazy to anybody else? Why would you put 16.9? Why not just make it 17? I mean, if it was 17 and you didn't tell us, we'd be okay with that, right? If you said it was 17, it was 16.9. Why, why 16.9? I'll tell you why. Because right under it, there's a parenthesis. And the parenthesis has a different number in it. Milliliters. And do you know how many milliliters it says it has? 500. Now, that's a nice round number, isn't it? Let me help you out with this. Why is it 16.9 ounces... Or in parentheses, 500 milliliters? Here it is. It's because you and I here in the United States, we believe in standard weights and measures, and the rest of the planet does what we call metrics. But so long as we're American, we're going to be ounces, aren't we? Isn't that right? And so we have a different standard. Everybody say standard. standard. We have a different standard by which we weigh and we measure things. Let me help you out with this. That means that should teach us every time you see a water bottle, that we're going to set some new standards. Even if nobody else has the same standards, we're going to have some standards. Now look at me. Do you know what those standards need to be? Neither do I. we got to figure it out. I have a bunch of friends who are part of what they call disaster relief. When horrible things happen in the United States, some of my friends were the first people on the site uh, when uh, Hurricane Katrina went down. Do you remember when the uh, tornado tore up uh, the Tulsa area not too long ago? Or excuse me, the Moore, Oklahoma area not too long ago? You saw that on the news. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's devastating. Now, our guys, we had some of our guys who were the first ones on the scene. They were there before the Red Cross was there. They rolled in with some big trucks and some backhoes. And when they got there, there were still people in shock. They were walking around. They, they told me this one story. There was a guy walking around, and he was just walking through the rubble like he was in a daze. And somebody stopped him and said, hey, buddy, you okay? He goes, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. And they talked to him for a little bit, realized he wasn't injured. They said, can we help you with anything? And he said, in all this pause, everything was splinters. He goes, this used to be my house. He said, well, what, what can we do for you? He said, all I want is my Yeti cooler. Now, is that crazy sauce? He lost his whole house. 
He lost everything. He says, that's all I want. If I could just get that, I'll be okay. You're Yeti cooler. He goes, yeah, it's about this big. And our guys, with backhoes and chainsaws and training, spent two hours looking for that guy's Yeti cooler. And at the end of two hours, one guy said, hey, we found it. And they all came together and they had to lift up some roof and, and they pulled it out. And it was dinged up and broke. You could never use this thing again. But the minute that guy saw it and they gave it back to him, you want to know why? Because that's what he needed. In that moment of all the stuff they could have done, that's what he needed. Now you look at me real quick. Do you know what standards we need to set? We need to set standards that are going to help people in what they need. There are people in this school. Everybody say, in this school. school. Do you know what they need? All they need is someone to be nice to them. All they need is someone to speak a kind word to them. All they need is a smile. They get all kinds of junk every other place. What they need, what they desperately need, what they need is for you to set the standard to say, I will give you what you need. Now, for you to have an awareness day, what you're saying is, the way it used to be in the hallway where I call you a name or I label you this way or I'm in this group or I'm in that group, here's what you do on a day like today. You have permission. This is like the one day a year that you've been given permission to say, you know what, we don't have to live that way anymore. We don't have to act that way anymore. We can set some new standards. Everybody say standards. Standards. We can set some new standards. So when you see that water bottle, the first thing I want you to think is somebody has to make that, so somebody's going to have to do something. The second thing is I want you to remember It's got some weird numbers on it because we've got to have some standards. Here's the third thing. The third thing is this, that I will be what people need. Now, if you'll notice, I made a little funnel. Someone has to do it. We need to set a standard, but I will be what people need. Because when it all comes down to it, if you're going to make a difference, it's up to you. Who's it up to? Say one more time. Who's it up to? One more time. Say, who's it up to? It's up to you. If anything's going to change, Your teachers can jump up and down and try and entertain you. You can give all kinds of information. They can have an awareness day every week. But until you change and you make the difference, it's not going to happen. Let me give you an example. Final thought on the water bottle. You know the best part of a water bottle? It has water. Right, yeah. Like I'm a big bacon guy. I love bacon. Oh, I love bacon. Who in here loves bacon? Anybody else love bacon? I love bacon so much, and I'm a pastor, you heard that earlier, and my church knows that I love bacon. I believe when I go to heaven, there's going to be a bacon tree. Doesn't that sound good? I love bacon. And because of that, people in my church who love me, they have given me all kinds of crazy stuff. I have a bacon-scented pillow. I have bacon-flavored toothpaste. I have band-aids that look like bacon stuck to your skin. I have a bacon-themed mirror that I look in and can see bacon all over me. I have bacon air freshener. I have all kinds of bacon. I have bacon deodorant. I do, I do. But last year, somebody gave me the best bacon gift ever. Do you know what it was? Bacon! All the bacon-themed stuff was cute, but man, you want to make me happy, give me six pounds of bacon. Woo! That's some good stuff right there. I had a weekend with my sons. We were cooking up bacon every meal. We wrapped our, we wrapped our Captain Crunch in bacon. You know what I'm talking about? It was good, good, good. You see, at some point, you got to get to the real deal. When it comes to the water bottle, the real deal is the water inside. There are people in your school right now, some of you who are listening to my voice right now, you are thirsty for some kindness. You are thirsty for some mercy. And you can't wait for somebody to just give you a little bit of what you need. And if you're going to make a difference, 
You're going to have to be the one that says, I will give them what they need. I'm going to be, I'm going to be that compassion. I'm going to be that mercy. Now, I, I played football when I was in high school, and I'll be honest with you, not really because I wanted to. I'm a big guy, and big guys get sought out by the shop teacher who makes you play football. And I, I like golf and tennis, but I played football all the way through high school just because I was a big guy. And when I was playing, it was, uh, it was interesting because it wasn't really in my nature. I don't like to hit people that much, so, but they'd say, Andy, make a hole, and I could make a hole, right? And that was, that was what I did, and move some guys apart. Well, I got to the high school level after junior high, and that was a whole other world. Because you had to like lift weights and you were doing three a days and they were serious about it. And there were some guys in that high school because now I went from freshman top of my class to sophomore bottom of my class. There were some guys in there big enough. They looked like a Volkswagen when they walked away. You know what I'm talking about? They're just monsters. But I remember one of the things that I struggled with most as a, as a footballer in high school was that I'm kind of a germaphobe. Do I have any brothers and sisters out there? Any, any germaphobes out there? Just a couple of them, maybe? Like, if somebody says, oh, you want to drink of my water? I'm like, no, I don't want to drink of your water because I don't know where your body has been for the last 30 years, right? Because I'm a, I'm a germaphobe that way. Well, I went to this high school practice, first day of high school practice, and the coach blew the whistle, said, water break, and he sent us over. Now, I had never seen one. You guys have been, lived long enough, and this has been around long enough. You've seen them. First day I'd ever seen it. He sent us over to the hose that they had hooked up to a piece of PVC pipe that had holes drilled in it. And they made a fake water fountain out of it. And there were a bunch of sweaty, nasty guys that had chaw in their mouth. And they, they leaned down there and they put their lips on that pipe. They're like, ugh, ugh, ugh. I mean, he's taking a drink and the water pressure goes down on the other end. I'm like, ugh, ugh. no, ain't gonna happen. I ain't doing that. And I remember one of my buddies going, come on, Andy, get a drink. I'm like, ain't gonna happen. No, no, no. They go, why? I go, you look at it. It's nasty. And they're like, if you don't get a drink, you're going you're gonna to die of you know, you know, thirst. I go, well, I'm going to die. I ain't going to do that. I mean, I was upset about it. And I made it a whole three-hour practice, never took a drink. Coach blew the whistle, sent us home. I didn't even go to the locker room. I went straight to the parking lot. And the reason I did is because I wanted to get home and get a drink. So I took my shoulder pads off. I threw them in the back of my car. And back in the day, I drove a vet. It was a Chevette, but not, not a Corvette. Uh, a little rack, ning, 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 and, and boom, and I got across town, and I pulled it in front of my house, and, and I kind of went inside, and I'm still in my gear, so my mom's looking at me, she goes, are you okay? And I went, this is horrible, they have this pipe. <laughs> and I, I mean, literally, I broke down in front of my mom. I'm, I'm, I'm confessing to you, big football, right? <laughs> this pipe, and... <laughs> I mean, it was just, I'm just dying over this. And she goes, oh, baby, are you okay? And she's making me a glass of ice water. <laughs> and she goes, baby, you got to learn how to drink it. I cannot do it. And she's like, baby, you got to learn. I, I can't. She goes, what, what if I gave you a little baggie with some wet wipes and you could wipe right at football practice? I'm going to do that. Excuse me, guys. Let me wipe that. And she said, listen, you really need to learn how to do that. But until you learn how to do it, I'm going to make you a promise. Every day when you come home from practice, I'm going to put a 32-ounce bottle of your favorite Gatorade. What's your favorite? Lemon-lime. I'm going to put lemon-lime Gatorade in the fridge just for, just for me. Yep, I'll write your name on it in Sharpie. My brother's scan it. No, just for you. It'll be in the fridge just for you every day. Really? Yeah, really. Next day I went to practice. Whenever coach blew the whistle for water break, I would sneak over to another group to keep working out so that no one knew that I wasn't doing that. And then when my group came back, I would sneak out of that group and get, in that, get back with my group. And, and every time he called a water break, that's what he'd do. And practice was over, blew the whistle, did the same thing, man. Ran to my car, made it across town. I come running in, my brother's in the front. Hey, Andy, I ain't got no time. 
walk in the house, my mom's on the phone, she cups the phone, how did you, no, no, you made a promise. And I open the refrigerator door, and when I open it up, There, have you had that moment, you know what I'm talking about? 32 ounces of yellow-green perfection. I even had my name written on Sharpie, Andy's, right there. I remember standing there. Have you ever been really hot? You know what I'm talking about? The sweat on you and you're, your body's radiating. There, and then you stand in front of the fridge and you can just feel that cold. Anybody feeling me on this? You know what I'm talking about? And you stand there and I didn't even move from the fridge. I cracked it open like that. And I was like... And you can feel the brain freeze coming on. Who feels me right there? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, here it comes. I don't care. And you're drinking so much that you're like getting breathless. And you have to take a second. You're like, and you let it pool up in your mouth and spill out on the side just so you can feel it. You're like, oh, yeah. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right there? Okay, a few of you. I, I pounded like three quarters of that thing, and finally I was like, oh, oh. I thought my eyeballs were going to explode in my head, hurting so bad. I remember pulling open the freezer so I could lay my head on the ice trays. Oh. After a minute or two, I closed it up. I could almost see out of one eye. I went to the living room, sat down on the couch, turned on Scooby-Doo. This is good. And every day for the rest of that season, I would come home and there was a big old bottle of Gatorade in the fridge. Now, I'm telling you the story because I want you to now listen to me. This is so important. I'm 44 now. That was a long time ago. And today, every time I walk into a Dillon's or a Quick Shop or a Walmart and I see a Gatorade display, do you know what I think? Here's what I think. I love my mama. Isn't that crazy? Every time I see Gator, I'm like, I love my mom. And that's like the, not what they intended when they advertised for Gatorade. Let's advertise for Gatorade and get people to love their mom. No, that's not why. I love my mom because that, that simple thing, that, that kindness, to, to overcome my weirdness and that idiosyncrasy in me, she was willing to go above and beyond and do something just because she loved me. And because of that now, if you ever see me in quick shop and you see me stand over the refrigerator just crying just a little bit, that's why. Because I love my mama and what she did. She was exactly what I needed. You've done such a good job, but I need you to give me one last thought. I need every eye up here. I can't make eye contact with every one of you, but I need to know you're here. Because I need you to know something. Look at me. There is somebody in this school, this year, whose life will never be the same if you right now say, I will be the difference. I'll sit by them when nobody else will sit by them. I will speak kindness to them. I will defend them. I will not call them that name. I will break the norm. I will set a new standard and I will be the someone who gets this done. Someone in here this year desperately needs you. And the next time you see a bottle of water, I hope the next few times you see a bottle of water, you're going to say somebody's got to do something. We've got to set the standards. I will be the one. I will make the difference. It's not going to happen unless you do it. We can talk about it all day long, put up all the posters, make all the t-shirts we want. But if you will do something, you can change the world from Reno Valley Middle School.
How amazing is that? Look at somebody next to you and say, will you be the one? Look at somebody else and say, I will be the one. Guys, thank you so much for your time and attention. I really appreciate being with you every year. You have a fantastic day today. Don't just learn some things, become some things. Have a great day.